Amen. So good to take this stuff home. And tonight, uh, the reason why I wanted to give this to you is because it's so good to take this stuff home. And uh, you can study the scripture verses out for yourself, read the points a little bit more thorough, because um, we're not going to go through every everything. I'm going to kind of brief it. But um, this way, it gives you a good study while you're at home. And uh, why we've been talking about the supernatural, and uh, we talked about the angels, um, the, I really felt prompted to really talk about um, prophetic prayer. Because moving in signs, wonders, and miracles takes prayer, amen, and really teaching you how to pray. And we have a strong women's group that meets on Sunday mornings, and uh, they'll be able to listen to that if they're, they're not, I know not every one of them are here tonight, few of you are. But I really want to give the biblical foundation of prayer and that we're making sure that as we pray that we're staying solid and that we're staying biblical because when it gets to the supernatural and it gets to where we're praying for people or even praying in our own lives, the enemy would really love for us to get spooky spiritual and love for us to get goofy. And how many know God's not goofy? God's a solid God. When he cast the devils out of the pig, he just said, go. He didn't make a big public display. He just used his authority. And so... I really want us as women to um, be open to the, to the move of the Holy Spirit, be open to um, um, the prophetic call, visions, and all of those things, but I want to make sure that we know how to funnel that through so that we're doing it accurately. And the Bible says, be wise as a serpent. So God wants us to be wise, amen? But we also want to tap into this supernatural thing. And so I'm going to do two sessions tonight. We're going to go through them really quickly. Next week, I'm probably not going to go back into this topic. I don't think so. There are two more sessions. If you're interested in the study notes, let me know. I can print them out for you and you can have them too, okay? But if I feel like, it just seems like a lot of information, I maybe would like to touch on something different on our last week. So, um, so the first session that we're going to talk about is a call to intercession. And one thing that I want you to understand as women is that God delights when you ask him for help. God loves it when you call unto him because he's ready to answer you. He's ready to instruct you. He's ready to support you, empower you, and strengthen you. Anytime you have a need, God is our hero, amen? So that's why it's so important that we are tapping into the power of our prayer because God wants to minister his needs, minister to our needs, amen? So I want to open up to 1 John 5. We're going to go right to our Bibles, 1 John. It's always that tiny little book that's hard to find. 1 John 5, and we're going to start in verse 15. So let's make God Lord over our prayer lives. Amen. God bless you, sweetheart. <laughs> so let's do this. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says this. Y'all there? Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. Everybody say, in him. Our confidence when we pray is in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us right? So our confidence is this. If you have your notes or you want to write in your Bible, I'm not used to sitting. I feel like I'm putting myself in a box here. Um, that confidence means this, freedom of speech. So when you are going to pray, your freedom of speech, the power that you pray in in your authority is the power that you have in knowing him. Amen? So when you know your power is in God, anything according to his will he hears us. So the most important part that we have to play as believers is what is his will. 
So whatever you're praying for, you have to hear the will of God in that situation. You have to know what God wants because if you're not sure how you should pray, if there's a situation at your job or your work or your spouse or your children, and you're just kind of praying all these prayers and you're not really being specific, you're not coming with the confidence and that power of God because you really don't know what's going on. So God wants you to have an insight, which we'll talk about, of what's going on so you can know the will of God in a situation. Anything that's in the word of God is the will of God. So if you're praying healing for yourself or someone, you should have a confidence or a freedom of speech that that is what God says. So it's God saying yes to whatever you're praying for. It's not, I'm wondering if this is going to work. I'm wondering if God is going to answer. If it's in God's word, it is a yes. Amen? God has said yes to that situation. In verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that what we have asked of him. So when you know that God has heard you, there's a confidence and an assurance that that thing you're praying for is going to happen in the name of Jesus. Amen? So the first most important thing that you have to do when you're praying is you, have to, um, you want to know what God thinks about the situation you're praying about. What does God have to say? Amen? And that's where spiritual discernment will come into play. When you don't know what God, what's going on in that situation, you can pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit, which prays the perfect will of God. And when you're praying the perfect will of God, you will hear what the Spirit has to say. And when you don't know what to pray, you keep praying in the Holy Spirit until you get your answer from God. There'll be times I'll be walking and praying in the church, and you know, sometimes I'll just come in here just like, I'm going to give the devil a black eye today. I don't even know what I'm going to pray for, but I feel this unction to come in and pray. And I'll come in and pray, and there's sometimes, you've heard me testify, I just start praying all these like really great prayers, but they're like rolling off my tongue and hitting the floor. There's like no life to them. And then I'll just stop and like, okay, God's not interested in how much words are coming out of my mouth right now. He's not interested in fancy scripture verses. I need to pray, Holy Spirit, what is my assignment to pray right now? So I'm not just going to go in and pray. I'm going to hear what God wants me to pray about for the church. And I'll just walk and pray in tongues, pray in tongues. And I am, a, um, I am led by the Lord by, a, I want to say, a sensory, a, a discernment of the Holy Spirit. So when I go in to pray, I'll just uh, start praying a certain area, maybe binding the devil on something. I don't know. And it's just kind of like I'm trying to work up words. You ever done that when you're praying? You're kind of spitting and sputtering through it. You're like, oh, there's no life there. Okay, Holy Spirit, what's next? And then I'll try this. Oh, that's, uh, that kind of lays there. I call it lays there dead. It's like there's no life coming to it. There's no scriptures coming to it. There's no a word of God coming up. I can't seem to give life to it. Well, let it go. That's not God doesn't want you to be praying about that. Okay, so then I'll just keep praying, and all of a sudden I'll hit something, and boom. It's like the Holy Spirit takes over, and I feel this connection to God. It's almost like, remember when you were a kid? I don't know if bikes work this way, but you'd be riding your bike, and the chain would fall off. You guys remember that? You know, you did and it's like everything was halted, you know? But as soon as you got caught that chain, you'd put it on there, and you had to kind of ride a little bit, and it would catch that grooves. That's what I call praying in the Holy Spirit. It's like all of a sudden you're praying the right thing. You're you're in that groove. And now you have the confidence, right? Now my petition is strong. My faith is connected because this is the thing God wants me to be praying about. Okay. Does that make sense? That's prophetic prayer. 
That's tapping into what the Holy Spirit wants you to pray for right now. It's a timely word of God, whether it be for your family members or friends or whatever it is. I'll come in, and I know where all the pastors and elders sit, and I'll um, lay hands on their chairs, and I pray over both of the couples, you know, man and woman. And I'll take time and pray for Pastor Jennifer and be led by the Holy Spirit for her. And then I do it for Pastor Paul, and I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's just beautiful prayers that I'm lifting, and then sometimes I may tap into something that maybe God wants me to pray through for them. That's prophetic prayer, okay? That's when you tap into something that you know is God's changing in the supernatural realm, okay? And God wants us all to go there, not just a few of us. We all can tap into that prophetic prayer of God, amen? Okay, so um, we want to know what God thinks about it first. When we know what God we know what God agrees with, we can enter into agreement with him and our prayer becomes powerful and effective. So now I know what God's saying, I know what I'm going to pray and my, what God says and what my faith is comes together, and now the power of God is becoming active in that situation. Isn't that powerful? That's why you really want to hear God in whatever that situation is. And again, until you don't know, then you just pray in the Holy Spirit until you do know. Amen? We want that power of agreement with God. What's so important is when we're praying, and there's many ways that um, is the agreement of prayer with the scriptures, but the number one way is that we always pray in the name of Jesus. So you're praying the will of God and in the name of Jesus, because Jesus is the name above every name. Amen? So when you're declaring in the name of Jesus, I probably say that I don't know how many times when I pray. Why? Because that trumps all power of what I'm coming against, that name of Jesus. So let's look at John 14. I just want to show you some scripture verses. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 14, verses, start in verse 12. Says this, y'all there? Mark 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. See, why is it the greater works? Because what God has to say and your faith connecting to what God has to say in his word now becomes a greater work in the kingdom of God. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. So whatever you petition in my name, that I will do. It's the name of Jesus. Remember, our prayers are not our much speaking. It's the name of Jesus, right? So when you know the will of God, now whatever I petition or ask God for, he will grant it to me, right? Um, And whatever you ask in my name, that I, that I will do so that my father may be glorified in the son. So if you look at that word, that, the thing you're praying for, that God says, I will do. Amen? So you find his will, you receive the confidence to pray it, you say it in the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow, right? Jesus is the name above every name, so it trumps whatever you're going through, and he says, whatever you're praying for, that I will do. And that's our confidence. So whatever I'm praying for, God says, you have to do it. So even when you're praying, you can pray this scripture verse, God, you said that if this is your will, 
And I, I know it's your will, and I'm coming into agreement with your will. In the name of Jesus, it has to be done. My kids have to serve you in Jesus' name, amen? My husband has to hear the voice of the Spirit and lead my family by the presence of the Lord. Why? Because God hears my prayers. When you know something, there's a confidence that gets connected to that, amen? There's a power when you come into God's agreement. All right, let's flip over to John 15. Verse 16 says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. What happens when you pray? You should bear fruit. God chose you to bear fruit. That means he has to answer your prayers and that your fruit should remain. Amen? So what I pray has to stay on the vine. It has to have the fulfillment of God's promise. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you the name of Jesus. Amen? All right, let's go to one last one. And some of these verses aren't in your notes. You can just write them in there for your own study later. John, 4, John 16, verse 23 and 24 and in that day, you will ask me nothing. That's the return of Christ. It's going to be too late to ask for anything else because he's coming back already. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you anything you ask the Father, what? In my name, he will give you. But what does verse 24 say? Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Why aren't we having prayers answered? Because we're not asking anything in his name. Or we're talking to God in our emotions, talking to God in our flesh. Our prayers have to be answered according to God's word. Amen? And if we're not seeing it, it may be just simply because we're not asking. What does Jesus end up saying? Ask, and you shall receive, that what your joy may be full. Amen? God wants to answer your petitions today. Um, if you're weak in your prayers, unsuccessful in your prayers, it just means that you're unsure of the answer of God. Amen? It just means you're not quite sure. You haven't got the revelation of what God really wants to do. So your confidence isn't being attached to your prayers. And like I said earlier, what do you do? You pray in the Holy Spirit. All right, 1 Corinthians 14.1, and it's on your paper. You can read it with me. It says, follow the way, this is going to teach us how to pray prophetic prayers. Follow the way of, everybody say that word, love. How are prayers prayed? Through love. And we're going to show many examples of Jesus. Prayers are not sick em, Jesus. Go get them, God. Prayers are not prayers of vengeance, right? When you learn to pray biblically, you're praying the way Jesus prayed. And Jesus always prayed through love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. I want you to circle eagerly desire. God wants you to be fervent for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about this before. But especially in the area of prayer, God wants you to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. Because prophecy foretells what's going on in the spiritual and not what's happening in the natural. It's one of the gifts of the Spirit. Not that you're a prophet, 
Because I can move in all, I've told you this, I can move and go in and out of all the eight gifts of the Spirit, but I am not a prophetess. I don't carry that mantle. There are some women who are men that carry that prophetic mantle. I'm a teacher, pastor, exhorter, kind of like meshed up in all those things. But, um, but you can prophesy in your life. So prophecy gives you insight to the heart of God. Because remember, prayer is what is God saying. So when you stir up the gift of prophecy, you should be laying hands on yourself every day and saying, God, I stir up, as Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of him. You should be stirring up all the gifts. If you're a mother, you should have the gift of discernment activating so strong in your life, and you should pray for that gift every single day, amen? And, and single people that don't have children, man, relationships, business connections, we need discernment in our life. But this one, we're talking about prophecy. The Lord is asking us to stir it up because prophecy is hearing and knowing God's heart, and then when you know God's heart, then sharing his love and his care. Does that make sense? So when you're prophesying, you're hearing what God has to say, that insight. Intercession is now praying to God on behalf of others and declaring what is in his heart over their life or situation. So you see how important this is. This is not praying your agenda. This is not praying your concerns. You are going to get the heart of God on every situation you need breakthrough in. Then you're going to pray, what, on the, on the behalf of others, declaring the heart of God over them, which God's heart is what? Love, unconditional love, forgiveness, right? When we are stepping in this arena of intercessory prayer, you, you will have words for people. There will be prophetic prophecy that will rise up. There may be visions that will rise up. But if you study closely in the word of God, words that God will show you, especially to the body of Christ, will be building them up. It'll be edifying them. You can write this down just so you know you have some boundaries, right? The Bible says to sing psalms and spiritual blessings over people. So when you are activating the gift, it's so important that you are motivating through love. It's so easy to activate that gift and maybe, you know, and I'm not saying you're not going to see spiritual things and you're not going to see um, demonic things and all of that, but we have to be aware that we are motivating through love because God would never bring um, rebuke to someone through prophecy in prayer, right? He's always going to bring his heart over the over someone. And if you're married to someone, the Lord may show you something they're struggling with, but it's always going to be done through the heart of love. Does that make sense? Building someone up, not exposing their sin. As more people in the kingdom of God, you know, the Lord shows me all their sin. Well, why would the Lord show you all their sin when it's covered under the blood of Jesus? So you have to be very careful, especially as women. We love to be in the spiritual realm, don't we? But we've got to be very mature, and we've got to be mindful and careful that we're not being used in this emotional realm by the enemy of always seeing the bad instead of seeing the good in someone's life. Amen? So moderate. Are you seeing the, the good things? Are you edifying people? If you study the scriptures, Jesus didn't rebuke a lot of things. Jesus rebuked, what, religion and tradition, that's where correction came from. Jesus uh, rebuked Peter when he came against his assignment. 
So he protected his call, and he protected God's house. He was angry and drove out all the thieves that were making his house unholy. So Jesus had anger. He rebuked people, but it wasn't the sinners, right? It wasn't people. He, when the woman came in adultery, he said, loose to let her go. You without sin cast the first stone. What did he do? His heart was love over her. He didn't expose her. He didn't rebuke her sin. He could have because the law said he could, but he didn't. Jesus covered her in love. So when we're praying, we always want to be mindful of love. Amen? Amen. Go really quick to Matthew 7. <clears throat> I'm just teaching you to mature you. Is that okay? To make sure we stay sound. Because in my walk with Jesus, there's been very, very few times that God revealed people's sin to me. And I walk really close with Jesus. I ain't perfect. I'm a lot of flesh. But he doesn't, that's not his nature. Now, God may reveal something to your, about your child that they're in sin and danger and harm. Heck yeah. Because that's your caretaker over them. But if people in the body and the sheep, people you serve amongst, the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Okay, so we have to be very careful how we're ministering, okay? So Matthew 7 says this, uh, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you do not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. And we'll skip verse 5, the first word. <laughs> you can look at it, I don't have to say it. So in the kingdom of God, I'm pretty sure all of us have stuff we can get out of our own life, amen? It's so easy to be mindful of other people when we're in prayer because we're passionate and we're praying for them. But God says, I want you to look in your own life first. Let's get some of that backyard cleaned up. Let's do some repentance in our backyard, amen? That's why in my ministry, I don't, I don't think I've ever called anybody out for their sin, ever. I, I've never rebuked. And I'll, I'll explain to you how to do with some things that you might be discerning because I'm not saying you aren't possibly discerning it, but there are mature ways and godly ways to handle things the Lord may show you. Because then what happens is you become the accuser instead of letting the Holy Spirit do the work or, and, and test that spirit. Actually, I'm going to get to it here in just a second. Actually, right now. <laughs> it's right there in my nose. First John 4. It's way back by Revelations. It's a hard one to find. First John chapter 4. And we're going to go to verse, I guess, one. Yeah, verse one. First John 4, verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come and in the flesh, and is of God. So what does God want us to do? He wants us to test those spirits. Not everything you, listen, ladies, not everything you think you hear in prayer is God. We are flesh. We are human nature. We will miss it. And that's okay. You're out there and you're praying. That's the most important thing. And that's why when I started moving in my gifts, I didn't want to be a wild card out there and not being mature in it. I submitted everything to my parents. Every word, every prophecy, 
everything I discern because I want to know, am I flowing through the Holy Spirit or are there demonic spirits, seducing spirits that are trying to lead me with my own agenda over people's lives? Because that can happen in the kingdom. There are demon spirits in the church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So as, and I know many of you women are praying and it just, oh, I love it. But we want to bring order to that. We want to be careful that we're not looking at people and targeting them because God would never do that. And if it is going to be there, the Holy Spirit will surely show us as leaders. Amen. And not saying you're not seeing anything, but maybe those things should be written down and brought to one of the pastors. And then it ends there. Because as soon as you say, yeah, the Lord showed me that girl, mm. now all of a sudden it's looking at, yeah, you're right, she is. And then you see how strife and division happens from a good thing called prayer. So no, things that you may see that's anything positive, uplifting, exhorting, the Bible says go do it. You have full permission to lift somebody up in encouragement. But when it comes to anything that's derogatory or, or could look poorly at or you have to test that spirit and know that it's God. And that word test means this. It means to try it, discern it, examine. Listen, it means to even allow it. So when the Lord shows you something, allow it to show itself true. Remember when the boy got cast out of demons and then the other demon hiding? <laughs> you know, we were all worshiping God and uh, God allowed that moment of quietness and the other boy shouted out, where's it at? And somebody said, I don't know, it's over there. I forget how it goes. It's over there. <laughs> I know, they made fun of me all week. But what, allow God to show if it's really him or not. Let me give you an example. A couple Sundays ago, a woman walked up to me into church after church when I talked on, uh, what was that message I taught on? Strive and Division. It was along that lines, right? It was along those lines. And, um, and uh, as soon as she walked up to me, I went, oh, she's about to attack me. I know. That spirit in her, that motivates her. I don't want to say she had a demon, but she was being motivated by it. Rose up, attacked, wanted to attack me, but it halted, and it attacked another woman in the church in front of me. And it became very chaotic and awful. Well, I sensed the spirit, but listen, the Bible says test the spirits. Maybe she's going through something. Maybe something I said did provoke her, but it's really not. Uh, I, I sensed a demonic spirit trying to cause strife and division, but I wasn't going to attack her in that moment. The Bible says test it. So I thought, I'll wait. To, I'm going to watch her. How many know now I'm watching her? She's on my radar. Next time I ran into her, same thing. Started conflict with me. Did it one more time, conflict with me. And then I knew, okay, I'm dealing with the spirit. This isn't something where somebody just had a bad day or I said something that made them mad. Now why? Because I gave it time. You know, so I just told some of the pastors, I said, if she comes again, get ready. I'm going to poke the spirit. It may rise and we're going to get her out of our church, you know, because we're not going to tolerate that spirit in our church. Amen. But give it time. If the Lord shows you something, maybe it's not God at all. And you'll find out uh, it probably was just a pizza revelation or whatever, you know, or, or, or just you're playing flesh. We're flesh. But if it is God, it'll, it'll test itself out. And it will show itself true, amen? There's a lot of things I write in my journals and I date. I don't tell anybody ever because there's a time and there's not a time. Even um, uh, Ecclesiastes says that. There's a time for everything. So we have to learn how to moderate the gift that's on the inside of us, amen? Not shut it down, but moderate it so that it's used with wisdom the way God would want us to, amen? All right. 
Let's go on to say here in 1 Thessalonians 15, 6, 5, 16 through 7 in your notes. Be joyful always. Pray continually, right? God wants us to constantly be in prayer. As believers, we are told to pray, and not only to pray, but to pray continually. My, uh, my mom was that kind of girl. She'd just be walking about her day, and I thought, Mom, are you talking to me? She was just talking to God. She may have been praying in the Holy Spirit or just briefly praying about the situation that she needs a breakthrough, you know? It doesn't mean 24-7 never pray, but it means be praying about it. When it's reflected in your spirit and you have a moment, continue to pray about it until you get your breakthrough, right? So um, prophecy and intercession are meant to be normal parts of a believer's life. Prophecy and intercession should be a part of your daily walk with Jesus Christ, amen? You could be prophesying over yourself and coming into agreement. There's times I'll be going about my day and I'll feel troubled. I'll be like, Lord, what am I, Lord, what am I going through? What am I feeling? I'll just start praying in the Holy Spirit and the Lord will remind me of something. And now I'm going to come into an agreement and just get that out. Just dusting up. The devil's trying to make me feel worthless or whatever it is. Now I'm coming into agreement. I can get it out of my life, Amen. Get it out of your children's lives. Get it out of your relationships' lives, whatever's there. So it should be a constant part of our life, all right? With both prophecy and intercession together, you are God's powerhouse. When you start getting the will of God in a situation, you watch things begin to shift in your life. The women back there, when they come together and they're prophesying and they come into agreement, they're praying stuff before I even come up to preach. They don't even know what my topic is. As when the last two Sundays has been that way, three Sundays, they prayed without knowing, and I've, I've preached everything that they prayed already in advance. That's the power of God, amen? That's why we don't want to be distracted with all these other ugly things of, of pointing the finger and raising up all these ugly stuff, you know? Let's stay on focus, because the devil would love to distract intercessors. He loved to get us in weirds and all this little spooky stuff, because it gets us out of the purpose of God. And that's for people and kingdom and love. People, kingdom, and love. That's what prayer is about, amen? Change people's lives. All right, prophetic intercession begins with waiting on God and praying continually until your prayer is answered. So I know I've, sometimes I've been in some powerful prophetic. You ever just been in like a prayer session? You're like, man, it's going to be like changed before I even get in my car. Like you were so in touch with God, and then it didn't change yet. Yeah, prophetic prayer is happening in the spirit. So you just keep praying. Why? Because eventually the, the, the natural and the spirit will meet. And then that miracle will take place, that breakthrough. But what the devil wants to do from in the flesh to the spirit make you feel like nothing's happening when you prayed. Nothing changed because you don't see it. But if you're continually praying, I'm, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. Devil, you're not going to get me to back off. Boom. There's the miracle of God. That's prophetic prayer. That's recognizing when the devil's coming in with rattling sabers to distract us, right? You reckon you're discerning that. Say, nope, not going to be distracted. Not going to be distracted. That's why sometimes when I come in here and walk and it's all flesh, I'm like, okay, God, I'm sorry. You must be laughing at me. And I'll literally walk out the door. I don't even try. Because just get out of the flesh. It's, it's a spiritual thing, amen? It's a prophetic thing that you step into with God, which is so awesome. All right. Okay, let me see. Um, praying continually until the prayer is answered. As we press into God, listen, he will often show us what's going on behind the scenes. So there's like a veil that you can't understand. There's a veil of confusion. 
There's a veil of no breakthrough. So when you are partnering with God and you're praying in the Holy Spirit and you're pressing into God, he'll reveal by his spirit what's really going on. What's the motivating factor? Why is there a blockage? Why isn't that breakthrough happening? The Holy Spirit could give you one word and show something to you. Let me give you an example. So I woke up the other night. This is no joke. I woke up. And you know that right before you wake up, it's like you have this last little minute dream, like this little second dream. I was coming out of my sleep and I heard the, I heard the word oxytail. I'm like, well, that's weird. Maybe that's a vitamin God wants me to take. So that's a cool supplement. I'm going to look it up. I'm buying it because I know God showed me that word. It was just oxytail. And uh, I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. I ended up spelling it O-X-Y-T-A-L-E. And I looked it up and it was a book about sorcery and witchcraft, and uh, all those things we've been talking about the last few weeks. And I knew the Lord say, have the intercessors rise up. And, that, and you'd already been praying that spirit, I believe, that, that uh, spirit of witchcraft spirit. But the Lord, just see, that's when you are connected to God and you're praying every day, he'll reveal things to you. A weird word like that. I've heard people say that before. I'm like, well, they're a little crazy. I wasn't sure I believed them. Not that I was in disbelief, but I'm like, that's crazy to me. But here it happened to me. See, God wants to show you things. He wants to reveal, not to be spooky, but to reveal what's going on behind the scenes so that we can reroute the enemy in the spirit before we get to the attack. Amen? Till we get to why the enemy is trying to resist that in our, in our life. Often he reveals spiritual hindrances and gives us directions on how to pray and what we need to specifically focus on, amen? Because you could be praying, let's say, you know, somebody's single and you want them to get married. You could be like, Lord, I break rejection off them. And they're like, I ain't rejected. I just don't like commitment, you know? Pray rejection all you want. I'm good. I just, I don't want to make a commitment, you know? So you understand what I'm saying? You got to pray right. Pray the right thing by the Holy Spirit. Don't pray our own agenda because then it just goes away, Okay. All right. Um, Then what we do is we invite the Holy Spirit to partner with us and we pray in agreement. All right. Intercessory ministry of Jesus is our example. Again, Jesus was motivated to pray out of love, right? Out of love. Um, He wants to demonstrate his power. He wants to teach us how to preach, teaches us how to pray, how to trust, how to believe, and how to receive. So go ahead and flip your page over to, um, we'll talk about four ways that Jesus showed us how to pray. Number one, oh, it's in the front. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Number one, you can write it in there. Jesus had a heart of compassion. And these will go quickly. I know there's a lot of pages, but it will go quickly. Jesus had a heart of compassion. Right? He demonstrated through his love. When you have compassion for who you're praying for and what you're praying for, it's heartfelt. When the Bible says, when one hurts, you all should hurt with them. I'm taking on the burden. I'm not taking on the responsibility, but I'm feeling what you're going through. That's how Jesus prayed. Amen? Romans 8.34 says, um, Christ, Jesus Christ is he who died. Yes, rather, he who was raised and who is at the right hand of God who intercedes for us. Jesus' greatest example was his death. Amen? It was his love that caused him to be what? The intercessor for us. He willingly went to the cross out of love to become the intercessor for us. 
Do you see how powerful love is? It's that driving force of love that Jesus hears. He becomes now the one who talks to God, and God releases angels and miracles on your behalf. But it has to come through love. Like I said earlier, it can't come through revenge. It can't come through payback, amen? It's got to come through the heart of love. And if you aren't ready to pray through love, then just pray in the Holy Spirit and let the Lord do the rest. Because um, what you begin to do when, when you pray your own agenda, when you start praying your will on someone else, you have entered into spiritual witchcraft. Because it's your will, what you see that you think is God, praying on them, and you can do P-R-E-Y if you want, I-N-G. But in the spirit, you are cursing them to your will and your way. See, when I pray, I always I try to pray the will of God. So I'll, I'll find, I found a scripture verse that says, trouble their heart for the, tru- for the things that trouble you, God. Not what I think, God. You t- and if I'm off, God, show me. But if they're off, trouble their hearts for the things that trouble you. You speak to their hearts, God. You show them, God, by your spirit what needs to be shown, right? Now it's not my prayer and my agenda over them. Now I free them up to the Holy Spirit in their life, amen? The moment you put your own assignment on someone else's in your words, it is spiritual witchcraft. And you have to release them from that and let the freedom of Christ dwell in their heart. Let me give you an example. When I was at, ever so often in my life, being a single woman, um, uh, I will sense a time where I'll just wake up one day and I feel this uh, heaviness. It's like a physical exhaustion. And no matter how much I sleep, I can't get my strength back. It's like this internal shut down. I can't explain it. And it's been since I was young until now. And um, I will know in the spirit now I've discerned it's a man who is praying their agenda over me and claiming me spiritually as their wife. And every time it happens, I feel that, I, and I'm learning to recognize that now. It hasn't happened as much the older I get, but when I feel it, I now recognize it. And sure enough, somebody would have gone to my pastor, some weirdo, some flank bag, calling me his wife, and it was every time the Lord would reveal that was true. Why? Because they were praying against my will, their will, and it affected me. So I had to go, okay, but Lord, the word says no curse without a cause can alight. I am covered with the blood of Jesus. Do you see why we need to be praying always? Cover your home in the blood of Jesus. Cover your children over the blood of Jesus. Put a hedge of protection around them, you know. Um, Lord, let them be at the right place at the right time at all times, you know. Angels coming and going. Why? Because you're protecting. That's why we need to pray. So when I feel that spirit, I'll just start praying it. And it may not even be a man's agenda, but I'll feel wrong prayers coming my way now. I recognize how my body responds to it when my will's being taken from me, and I just take that, take it in thought. Now I can pray, and it goes away. And I sleep so good. I'm like, why did I let it go a few days like that? You know, why did I let it go so long? So we have to be very careful that we aren't praying our own agendas, amen? Putting our own assignments on people. We have to be very careful that it's always the Holy Spirit motivated through love, right? All right, number two, his goal was to draw all to the Father. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Our prayers need to be drawing people to the 
Father, not our own will. Hebrews 7.25, hence also he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. Amen. Always making intercession for us. Number three, he's, he's the advocator. He pleads on your behalf. Thank God. And we can also advocate. So if Jesus advocates on our behalf, we do what? We advocate for others. That word advocate means this, to publicly support. So do you see how important the positivity? We publicly support other people. We uphold other people. We endorse other people. We protect their reputation. So see, even if the Lord did show you something, if God advocated protects us from our sin, we protect other people from their sin, amen? We watch over that. All right, number four, he used his authority. And I know we hit this a lot in our church, the authority of Christ in you, amen? All authority has been given. That's what Matthew 28 is. All authority has been given to you. Jesus has given you the keys of the kingdom. And what do the keys do? They unlock. So not every key will fit every door. That's why we pray in the Holy Spirit. You want the key that's hitting that spiritual realm, amen, and defeating the enemy. The more we are yielded to God, the more effective we are, and the more fruit we will produce for the kingdom of God, amen? So we want to yield more to God, and we'll be more effective. All right, really quick. Jesus' heart is revealed in prayer. Let's hit this again really quick. In um, John 17, 1 through 26, I want to go there really quick. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 17, 1 through 20. I'm not going to read, I'm only going to read five of them. But listen to this. This is so awesome. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, your, the hour has come. Now, if you didn't know this, this chapter, and I encourage you, go home and read the whole chapter. You'll be so blessed. This was Jesus praying for himself. It's such a beautiful prayer between him and his father. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Isn't that beautiful? This is Jesus praying to God the Father, the intimacy of praying to God. It's so precious. So if you study out this whole chapter, which we're not going to read it, but I want to look at the bullet points, and you can study it this week. Seven ways that Jesus prayed in this chapter was, he prayed that the Father would keep you. That word keep means um, to watch over, to guard, to preserve from loss or injury. When you're praying for others, what do you do? You're going to pray for others, for God to preserve them, watch over them, guard them. Keep them from loss or injury. Do you see how powerful that word is? God, keep my family safe. Keep my children. Keep my husband. Keep my family members. Amen? Number two, we pray that the Father would sanctify you. That word sanctify means to set apart. 
Lord, set my children apart, right? Set my family apart for your purpose, for your plan. He prayed that you would have, that you would have his joy be fulfilled in your life. How many of you could pray for probably half an hour just the first three things that Jesus gave as an example to pray for? Amen? He prayed that the church would be united together as one, unity of the church. Number five, he prayed that the church would be brought to full maturity. What does God want us? Jesus is praying, I want you to grow up. I want you to know my word. I want you to walk in victory. I want you to walk in knowing who you are. This is the heart of the Father. So that same prayer he's praying over you, he says, pray likewise for someone else. Pray that they'll come in the fullness of God. Do you hear the difference? It's like, God, you, God, I need them to get mature. They need to grow up, God. They, but, you know, God, you not see it sense the difference? But a heart of love says, God, let them encounter you. Let them have somebody walk in their life and show you your power is real. Holy Spirit, visit them on their lunchtime. Fill their car with your love and with your presence. God hears those prayers. He hears the prayers of the righteous, but he doesn't hear our carnal prayers. And that's why they lay flat and unempty, amen? And unanswered, I mean. Verse 6, he prayed God's love would manifest in you. 7, he prayed you would live in, in his presence and behold his glory. Amen. Glory is translated from the Greek doxa, which refers to all that God has and all that he is and all the attributes of God. Pray for his glory. That's powerful. Glory is what? All that God has, all that he is, and all his divine attributes. That one alone we could speak over our lives, over our church. We could take these seven things and pray over our church. If we've got all the women praying these seven prayers over our church, look out. Revival will happen, amen? The devil will be thwarted. Love will cover a multitude of sins in our house, and God's presence will be here. Um, the Lord is searching for people, listen, who are willing to step into the breach and develop into bridges. So let me give you an example. God wants people who, when there's a gap where people have fallen, people are away from God, and there's this breach, and they don't have a way to God. There's no real miracle of breakthrough, right? God wants us as intercessors to take that breach and build a bridge. So I need um, one, Sarah, Quinn, three, four, five. You, you five, come here. I'm going to give you an example when you pray. Girls, come all the way back here. I just want to give you a, vis a visual. Line up all the way back here. Right here. That's okay. So what we're going to do is the Lord puts on my heart, Pastor Ginger's going through something. She's got an evil spirit. Just kidding. Because <laughs> God doesn't do that. Pastor Ginger's going through something. The Lord puts on my heart, and I'm going to begin to pray for her, right? And there's a gap between whatever she needs to get to God and that miracle. As I start praying the will of God, I'm going to now take the spirit of God is going to go, when I pray the prayer of faith, go ahead and grab my hand and step out just a little bit. I'm praying now, and I'm going to keep praying. Nothing's happening yet. She's still going through the trial, but I'm going to keep praying. God, touch her. Go grab her hand. God, love on her. Do you guys see the direction I'm going? God, minister to her needs. Send her people. Go that way. Send her people who are going to love on her. You guys have to get to Pastor Ginger. <laughs> right? Keep, 
right? Yeah, they have their own agenda. Do you see all that works? Okay, grab. So now I've been praying, I've been interceding for her, and I'm bridging the breach through my prayers. My first day maybe didn't get nowhere, I didn't change her, right? My, my second day, whatever I'm praying, but continually in the spirit, we're connecting the broken person to the miracle of God. And then the miracle, grab Ginger's hand, and all of us walk on up, that, that prayer chain brings her up now to the miracle of God. Amen? Amen. Give it up, you guys. You did a good job. Not bad for last minute. Let's do this. So do you see the power of your prayer? That's why don't give up. You are reaching into the unknown. You're, when you're praying, and especially the ladies who pray in the back or you're praying for the church at home, you are reaching to the lost and dying world, and you're causing that breach to be bridged by the presence of God. So when you pray and somebody walks through that door and gets saved, it's because you made a bridge. When a marriage is restored in this church, it's because you made a bridge. When one of your family members comes to Jesus, it's because you made a bridge, amen? And that's why the Bible says some water, some plant, some see the fruit. But at some point, there's a bridge being built, and you may not see when they cross over, but God knows that your prayers were bridging the gap, amen, for that believer to come forward, all right? Does that help you guys? I found this quote by this lady, Bessiella Schlink. <laughs> I don't know what nationality she is, but I thought it was awesome. Earnest prayer makes intercessors like a king, investing her with authority so great that it can release captives. See, when you begin to get into prophetic prayer, there's an authority that comes on you. And when you tap into the presence of God, you are setting the captives free. Amen? And that's why you can get so fervent. That's why your prayer language can take over. That's why a lot of times my emotions connect. I'll weep many times when I'm in prophetic prayer, when I'm tapping into that unknown of God. Amen? Why? Because we're pulling somebody from hell and rescuing them up. We must therefore be persistent in intercession using the victorious name of Jesus and the prayer will decide the, um, excuse me, uh, using the victorious name of Jesus and the quickened word of God until Satan gives up his booty. Not this booty, girls. Booties are goods, money. They called it booty, right? I'm going to keep praying until the devil gives it all back to me, amen? Our willingness to engage in prevailing Earnest prayer will decide the eternal destiny of our neighbors and ourselves. Wow, prayer is so powerful, isn't it? All right, go to the next one. We are positioned as kings and priests. I'm not going to spend any time on A. You are royal priesthood. If you study out the priests in the Old Testament, the priests um, were called by God. Now you are the royal priesthood. Every one of you are the called of God, amen? And you can read that scripture, verse B, the priest had persistent prayer. That's the example of never stop praying. The priest in the Old Testament, if you study out those scripture verses, Exodus, there shall be a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. They never stop giving incense in the, in the tabernacle, ever. The second one, Leviticus, fire shall be kept burning continually on the altar, it is not to go out. And the next one, Leviticus, command the sons of Israel that they bring you clear oil from beaten olives for the light to make a lamp burn continually. It shall be a perpetual statue throughout your generations. 
So God wants us as priests to be continually praying. Second is they had spiritual sacrifices of worship, amen? God wants us to come, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness. Acting like a priest is going to be participating in worship. All right, I want to share this story with you in Numbers. You're going to read it on your own when you get home. But this is such a perfect story. I think Aaron provides a a vivid explanation of intercession. Uh, At this point in the story, the congregation of Israel had rebelled against the Lord. And because of their rebellion, God sent a plague to the children of Israel. And they were dying by these plagues, by the thousands. Many were dying. So Moses told Aaron, he got a clue that these people have sinned against God. Of course, this is Old Testament, but we're showing the power of intercession, right? So Moses got a clue that they had cursed God and God was angry and was killing them. So Moses told Aaron, who was the priest, he said, take a censer and put a fire therein from the altar, put it on incense and go quickly into the congregation and make an atonement for them for there is wrath gone out from the Lord, the plague has begun. So what the high priest did is, he, Aaron, he put the um, incense in the censer, and he lit it on fire, and it was kind of like, you ever seen the Catholic, and they do this, and they make their chants? It's like that. And he lit it on fire, and literally what he did is he went out into the battle, and on this side of the battle, everyone was dead from the plague already. And everybody on this side was alive, but they were about to die from the plague because the sickness was prevailing in the camp. Aaron literally went out in the middle with the incense and begin to worship God. And that intercessory, that prayer that before God stopped the plague dead. And nobody on this side died any longer because the prayers went up for the saints. And that's what intercessory does. You are interceding from the enemy coming in. So your prayers are being like a dividing line. Devil can't come across anymore. Curse can't come across anymore because you've interceded on their behalf. Does that make sense? Isn't that a great story? So it's a visual of what happens when you are praying. You are literally fighting on behalf of people. And what a beautiful call to have, amen? There's probably no, I I love prayer as much as I love preaching the word because it changes people's life. Amen? In Joel chapter 2, verse 17, it talks about the priests are to go between the porch and the altar, and they're to cry out for the saints. And that's why I take it, so, take it so seriously to come in here and pray because this is the porch and the altar. And, and as a priest, I just want to come in here and lift up the saints, lift up the body of Christ, lift up the call. I, I feel like as an intercessor, we're, we're the bridge, we bridge that gap, amen? I feel a responsibility for that. It's not my responsibility, but I feel a call to just, in the spirit, reach out and grab people from the devil, amen? and from hell, and the people that we love, you know, the people we're frustrated with. Let God go get them through your prayers. It's so powerful. All right, intercession, you can read there the Webster Dictionary, ways that it describes it. Then you go over to the Hebrew definition. Oh, my gosh. I got to get you guys out of here. Okay. The Hebrew definition, you can read all that again. Um, It means paga, uh, to meet, to light upon, to fall upon. Uh, to strike down, to mark, read all those things. Those are different ways when you pray what happens. Um, you meet with God. You show light in dark situations. You're attacking the devil. You're striking him down, right? Uh, to strike a mark means when you pray, you're hitting the target. 
That's what that means. When you pray, you're not going to miss it. You're going to hit the target. And number five, you're going to lay upon God's grace and love over that situation. Prophetic intercession isn't simply praying. It's a divine connection, a revelation, an agreement between man and God based on his word or revelations received from the Holy Spirit and then the manifestation of the answer. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm not even going to touch you guys this next part. Two, I'm going to let you go home and study this yourself. But one thing I want you to write on session two, the very top of it, write it in bold letters. Be in your Bible. Be in your Bible. If you are having visions and dreams and you're not in the Word of God, you have to question those dreams and visions. Because God will only flow through the word of God. Gifts and callings are without repentance. Witches can prophesy. Psychics can prophesy. It's their gift, but they're not motivating through the spirit of God. They still have their gift, and they may prophesy right, but now you've opened up to demonic experience, right? So we as women of God, we're going to filter everything through the word of God. Amen? Amen. And you can study, look up, look up on, the, in, on the social media, not social media, Google, um, people that had visions and dreams in the Old Testament, people that had visions and dreams in the New Testament. I studied it out. It's very lengthy. We can't even touch it. <laughs> but study that out because God wants to reveal through um, dreams and visions. Amen? Amen. Any questions, ladies? I'm going to let you get out of here because we've given you a lot of information tonight. Anything as I was speaking, concerns, questions? Guys, how many got a little revelation tonight about some things, some insight as to when we pray, how we should pray? Amen? Amen. Well, Father God, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for the revelation of prophetic intercessors in this house, Lord God. We thank you that we are going to take the challenge to bridge the gap, Father God, to save those who are in a lost and dying world and broken, Father God, for your purpose. And I thank you for that call. We give you praise and give you glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen and amen. Love you ladies so much. One more week. Next week we'll have a lot of fun and wrap it all up.